0: Welcome to Queens of Moxie, a podcast all about empowering women. I'm Mary Kay Campbell, and I'm your host. I found that when I reached midlife, I was feeling discontent, a little lost, overwhelmed, not finding the joy and peace that I always wanted. And when I talked to other women, I found out that we were all in the same boat, facing emptiness, aging parents, dissatisfaction with our jobs, So that's what Queens of Moxie is all about. I interview women who have come out on the other side triumphant, and their stories will inspire you, give you hope, and you'll enjoy it. So let's get started. We are here today with a good friend of mine, Johnny Lloyd, who owns J.B. Lloyd and Associates. And I love, she has two tags that I think are just fabulous. One, I'm going to read it because I want to make sure I don't mess it up leadership of people and management of things, which is just a great way of describing what it is that she does. And then the other thing that she says, and I think this is fabulous too, is she makes hard things simple. And so um, I cannot be more excited to have Johnny here with us today. Uh, I have known her less than a year, but boy, I feel like I've known her forever. She is my tribe for sure. And I know that you're going to enjoy hearing from her today. Um, I do want to give you a little bit of background about Johnny before we get started, because I think it's important to understand her background. Uh, She got her her bachelor's degree from Central State in Oklahoma, and that was uh, in accounting. And then she has her master's in organizational leadership from Regent University. She has been in the financial industry for 47 years, rock on, girl. And she has had her own company for 20 years now, where she is doing the leadership and management of things. Um, so she is just an absolute rock star. She has one daughter who is in her thirties and she has a five-year-old grandson who I know she absolutely adores. And uh, Johnny just has such a fabulous background and I just can't wait to get started uh, talking with her. So so let's get going, Johnny,
1: welcome. Wow, Mary Kay, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for so much for actually following your purpose. That's huge, everybody does not do that. Uh, It's a journey. It is not a destination. And I just celebrate you because of that.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Johnny has, has watched this evolve for me and and seen me chewing on this and talking about this and figuring out exactly what it is that I want to do and how to help others. And uh, she was part of that light bulb moment for sure. So Johnny, I I can't even begin to thank you enough for your mentorship and, and your, your leadership. Um, and, and for those of you who don't know, Johnny is also the incoming president of the Virginia chapter of National Speakers Association, and um, it starts just in a couple of weeks, and boy, um, she's going to rocket. I know she is. So, so Johnny, um, let's get started with just a little bit about your background. Um, you know, you, you went to school and, and got your degree in accounting, and uh, just walk us a little bit through your professional experience.
1: Okay, so my professional experience um, actually started in when I was very young. I was uh, actually helped design the uh, the plastic bottle really Mm -hmm. the plastic bottle that everybody uses I helped design it and I was part of the team that worked for Owens Illinois uh DeSanto all of those and we went around and we did the testing and everything to make sure that the products in the bottle uh stayed true to form and we did torque tests and all of that so that did that when I was like 16 years old and then because I did a summer hire. And we started traveling and all that. So that was my first uh, opening to, I like this. I like the travel and I like um, in creative uh, research and development of new Mm -hmm. things and Mm -hmm. impacting lives. So so that's where I started. So then you look at my journey, um, had a full scholarship to go to school, but got married uh, and moved to Oklahoma and um, then ended up having a miracle baby. Uh everybody said I wouldn't uh have any children but had a miracle baby, ended up homeless with a degree laying on somebody else's floor on some orange shack carpet. Okay,
0: so wait, now, before you move on from that, that you just <laughs> dropped a bomb on everybody. So so a couple things in there. One, you got a full scholarship to college but didn't take it because you got married. Uh-huh. You moved, you went and got your degree. And and then you just jumped ahead and said that you ended up homeless with a degree. So back up just a little bit and tell us a little bit more about that. About which one?
1: The the being homeless? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a big one. You know, you you know <laughs> but let me say this. Being homeless was a defining moment for me. Sure. Of course uh, it so was. yeah, yeah, I mean, really define because I am one of seven children. Wow. Um, I am. Two girls and five boys. Um, I was always protected. I was always, I knew what uh, being poor was, but I didn't know what, I didn't know we were poor. Yeah. Then becoming homeless with my daughter was a defining moment because at that moment, I decided that was where I was, but it wasn't who I am. Very good. So when people go through life, whatever the situation is, there's two questions. Is this who I am? Or is it just where I am? I love And I that. had to define that it was where I was. It was the reality because I was absolutely homeless um, and got up every morning and went to work, working for the government. Wow. In a job uh, with someone who made the decision because I would not go back to my husband, that they would uh, stopped me from getting my leave because I was extremely sick and so I didn't end up getting any uh, extended leave so that's how I ended up missing paychecks see. and once the paychecks were gone mm-hmm. then my resources were gone and therefore I ended up on somebody else's floor I sold everything I had uh to that point and um and ended up on somebody else's floor so what so you got a divorce I got mean, somewhere in there too, it sounds huh? like you yeah, got I got divorce a divorce. In well, there I was too. in the process, right? The divorce was in the process of doing all that. So I had all the stressors. <laughs> yeah. Divorce, you know, homeless, baby, all of those things together, sickness. You yeah. know, there's six ghosts of fear that Napoleon Hill talks about. And I really tapped into all six of them at one time not so the best great. time in my life <laughs> <laughs> all six of them you know yeah. fear of death fear of home you know right. being poverty all of those yeah. so but this is what I'll say is that my upbringing in my prayer life cuz I'm a calls me to reach for something that I I couldn't explain right but it caused me to to decide I can move anywhere I have nothing to lose and so some of your listeners may be at the point where they're in a point that they say, I have nothing to lose, right. but everything to gain. Exactly.
0: There's a difference.
1: Exactly. So moving forward on the everything to gain, I put in to go anywhere in the world just to leave where I was.
0: With the same company.
1: With the same company, with the government. And so we ended up in Okinawa, Japan.
0: Okay. So that is a radical difference. You, you've grown up with all these siblings and, you know, realized as you, as you age that you were poor, but you didn't even know it and went from being homeless with an infant to Japan. Like you cannot get more different. How exciting, how scary, how, what a wonderful example of grabbing life and taking it on. Like, I mean, you embody Queens of Moxie because you you grabbed your power. So so tell
1: us about what it was like to go to Japan. Ooh, number one, Okinawa, Japan was amazing.
0: Yeah,
1: Uh still is. It was, um, so by going to Okinawa, Japan, it eliminated some of the fears. Number one, uh, the government moved me mm-hmm. to Japan. I only had 400 pounds. I mean, we normally when people move people, they have thousands of pounds. Yes. I had 400 pounds wow. total, everything we own. Wow. And that was really our clothes and some paperwork. Mm-hmm. So um, moved to Japan and they immediately gave us somewhere to live because mm-hmm. I'm on their dime now. So mm-hmm. we got somewhere to live. My sister accidentally something happened. I don't know what happened. Well, I was actually taking care of her at the time. Now, remember I said I was homeless. So anyway, so all of us are sleeping on the floor. So anyway, but we we go together uh, to, to Japan and she takes care of my baby while I start working. Nice. And so um, then she ends up with a good uh, job because they found out they made a mistake by bringing her. Not that we lied, not that anything, but she was What I needed in the middle of everything else. So find your calm place. And it may be just connecting with someone who's just like you or similar to you, or you find value in, or you think you can trust. Mm -hmm. So in this case, it was my sister coming with me that helped Mm -hmm. me step out uh, into this. So uh, that was the first place uh, with all the oceans and all of that stuff. We got a chance to live there for six years. I I got a chance to live there for six years. My daughter came out of it, speaking Okinawan speaking a little Japanese and, of course, English. So, um, but it was the best, it was the best time for me and um, ran into a situation that caused me to leave the island. But this is the, there is a touch point for me. And this is what I hope other people look at. Even in the midst of whatever a person's going through, there is someone that will have an impact on where you are in the moment. Yeah, that when you look back at you said they added value right their touch caused me to move and there was this guy named Ivers Vilness um, that is interesting as I had become because I cut off all my hair I did all this stuff because I didn't want to I was just going through something mm-hmm. and even though you get your moxie it doesn't mean that we're healthy
0: right
1: right so I needed some help emotionally, and mentally uh, to move forward. And he was bizarre enough (laughs) that he helped me, he helped me do that. Uh, And and he valued me and took care of me. He was the person who reminded me of who I was Mm -hmm. as far as my career was concerned. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so that's what I attached into, I attached into my career, and I traveled all over the world, uh, in the Pacific region, to help other people uh, build and grow, and I worked for the commissary. So here I am homeless, and I'm feeding the whole Pacific region for the military. And that's kind of like an oxymoron, you're feeding people, but you were homeless, you know, so I had a, I had a new respect for people because of that.
0: Sure. Sure. Now, one of the things that I would love for you to tap into is, is um, what you call your craziness. Um, but I think what a lot of people would say is you owning who you are. And, and I recognize that there is absolutely a mental aspect of that too, that, that you grow into that you, you know, I often say, uh, you know, for me, the last year and a half has been a healing time from my car accident. And it has taught me to rest in the pause. And I want to say that again, rest in the pause. Because so often we are like going, 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 going and running and running, running. And we don't take that time to look inward, to heal, to, to really evaluate everything. And I had no choice. And I think it was um, the universe telling me, Mary Kay, you're going to slow down. You're going to stop and you're going to take care of yourself, which is what this person did for you in your career. But tell us some of the fun, crazy things that you did, because I think that's fun,
1: too. Some of the fun, crazy things I did. Um, I we did glass bottom boats, all of that. So in my life, there's a couple of um, really fun things, innovative, creative things. Mm -hmm. One was, um, of course, starting the business. One was me quitting my job at after 23 years to work in a nonprofit for half the pay I was making. Yep. Crazy. Yep. But one of the best decisions because that's when I moved from success to significance.
0: Oh, I love that. Say that again.
1: I moved from success because I was extremely successful mm-hmm. uh, to significance.
0: And how did you make an impact in that way?
1: So in that regard, it moved me to my core of what I do, which is I love people.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, I, I take hard things and make them simple. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, I helped uh organization that was a nonprofit. Um, do something I'd never done. I'd never done building and and all that. And we um, renovated a 100,000 square foot complex under this organization. And I helped them get money to do all of this because of my expertise from the financial realm. I just went into banks and me and the CEO of the company, uh, we, we were like a tag team duo. So what I found out, and this is what he told me, because I'm coming from a government CEO perspective, and mm-hmm. um, you know, almost like it's—it was like whip, you know, get the people in line kind of thing, right. right? Not because you whipped people, but because they did things because you were empowered, right? So right. I learned to move from um, not just an authoritarian type leader, but right. people give you permission to lead them. Those are the best people. Yeah. And I learned how to love the people and support them and listen to them in such a way that they would follow. That they would help, that they would uh rally, that they would be comrades, confidants, and they would be constituents. And those are the three people that you need in your in your space as a mm-hmm. leader, right? Right. So, those are the things that I learned, the crazy things. Um one of the crazy things I do is um People think it's crazy, but I encouraged at a young age my daughter to be a critical thinker. Mm, yeah. uh, so a lot of people didn't agree with the what I did, but I needed her. I was a single parent, yeah. and I needed her to think. Yes. I needed her to know that her, that her thoughts were valued. And right. that's the same thing I did in the organization. I may not follow your thoughts. I may not agree with everything you say as a leader or as the mother of the household or whatever, but I'm going to listen to your thoughts.
0: Right.
1: I'm going to listen to what you say because I never want you to shut me down in such a way that you think, well, this is me talking to her because she's not going to hear me. Right. I may hear you, but it doesn't mean I agree with you. Right, right. Yeah. So it's about reclaiming my life in such a way that I started empowering myself. Yes, self empowerment is the best level of empowerment anybody can have. Yeah. because when I give other people my power, that I give them permission to lead me where they want me to go. Right. Self empowerment is something about me knowing who I am. And that's a crazy thought, but I'm kind of, my girlfriend calls me effervescent.
0: Yes, 100%.
1: I'm effervescent. She said, no matter what you touch, it changes. She likes Alka-Seltzer, plop, plop, fizz, fizz, right? (laughs) And people drink it and say, oh, what a relief it is. You know, I didn't know I wasn't feel good or whatever. So I do that at that level because I care enough. Because change, transformation is a, is a key thing that I do. Transformation is an inside job for an outside reflection. It's an
0: inside, inside job.
1: job. Transformation happens from within. It happens to our mindset. It happens to the way, not we, not just the way uh, our habits. All of those things are part of our transformation, right? But change is like me putting on a new outfit. I can get up every morning and change my clothes. Right. But right. true transformation happens like a, like a caterpillar to a butterfly. Yeah. Yeah. I decide not to go back.
0: Right. So right. there's some
1: things in my life, Queens of Moxie, there's some things in our life we don't ever need to go back to. They don't identify who we are today. Yes. But they are things that were real in our life and things we went through.
0: Yes. You know, Johnny, it's, it's so interesting when you say that because uh, years ago, my ex-husband said to me, any minute as an insult, you are nothing like the woman I married. And I so wanted to say, thank you. That's the best compliment I've ever gotten. Because it, you know, and, and I I have looked at the situation enough and grown enough to recognize that I can be grateful for the time that I had in growing from that situation. It was a very bad situation. He was verbally and emotionally abusive and it took everything I had to get out of that situation. And and so for for him to say I'm nothing like that, that is triumph for me because it means that I am no longer ever gonna be in a situation where someone else tells me what to do, where I lose my power, where I am no longer who I am at my core. And so I, I love hearing that because it, it is just another reminder of, of our power within ourselves. Um, and, and yes, I am who I am because of the things that I went through. And just like the listeners, they have things that are going on in their lives or that have gone in their, on in their lives. And they do, that doesn't define them. It, it does not define who you are. It is a part of your history and you have the opportunity to view it as something that allowed you to become the person you are now or oh, yeah. to become the person you're becoming.
1: And I love that. I love that, Mary Kay, because that is the whole truth. If people don't get anything else, I hope they hear that statement, mm-hmm. is that everything that they have went through has allowed them to be yes. and to become. Yes, Yes. to be who they are and to become the best version of themselves. Right. As long as, and I'm a, I'm going to uh, say this because it was hard for me. It may not be hard for anybody else. It was hard for me to forgive.
0: Yeah.
1: It was hard. That's one of the crazy things I did. I am my best. I'm, I'm one of the uh, friends of my ex-husband. My ex-husband has stayed, and his wife has stayed in our home, in my house. Wow. Um his son, who I love and adore, <clears throat> walked me down the aisle at my at our daughter's wedding. Wow. Wow. Forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for oh, you.
0: Yeah.
1: It's to heal me. Mm-hmm. Because to stay in that place that other people may define you at is not healthy because it doesn't allow you to move forward. And what I just heard you say is him giving you that, making that statement was such a compliment because it showed the growth, the expansion, all of those things that you have become. And this is the thing that a lot of people do, even our families. Sometimes we are in a situation where people will judge us based on what we, well, where we were, Mm
0: -hmm. not
1: who we are. Yes. Yes, Or what we did right, and not where we are today. Yes. Because what I did is what I did, but that doesn't mean that's who I am. Exactly. So the other thing that I would say is that I'm glad that I'm learning to give myself grace. Yes. You know, yeah. grace to move forward. Mm-hmm. Grace to not judge myself based on a chapter in this book called Life, my yes. life. Yes. Or this reel that I'm making, because we're we're doing reels for speaking yeah. and all that stuff, right? So this, this short glimpse of who I am mm-hmm. and take that and say that's all I am because that's just a, a fragment of who yeah. I am. This is only a moment in time. Yeah. So as we continue to grow and move forward, it's queens of Moxie is not just about becoming it's about being. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. It's, it's about being, and, and it doesn't mean that every decision or every action I make is perfect, but it does mean I own it. Yes. I love the Queen of Moxie and the, in the, I just love it because it means that I'm bold enough to own it. Yep. And then look at it and say, mm. Then maybe I shouldn't, have, you know, maybe I need to move <laughs> over to the left or move over to the right or whatever. But yes. I get a chance to make that decision. I get a chance to do that. And then on top of that is me living with the ramifications of whatever decision I make.
0: Yes. Yes. It's so it, it is the that accountability for sure. Oh my gosh. And looking in the mirror. But you know, I think something else that you said earlier that I think is so important is we are our worst critics and we hear that all the time and we know that and yet we have this internal dialogue where we are brutal to ourselves and we have to stop and think would I say that to a friend and my gosh there are things that I say to myself that I would never say to even somebody I don't like, you know, I mean, I would, and I would certainly not say it to someone I love. And so why are we, uh, I know why we are, we, you know, we've been, we've been taught to, to do this and, you know, anyone who is a perfectionist, I'm a recovering perfectionist and, um, trying very hard to not hold myself to, to those unreasonable standards and expectations. And I think that we have to stop and think about, would I say this to somebody else? And if the answer is no, please change your internal dialogue. Give yourself that grace, be kind to yourself. And, and just remember that you are a beautiful, amazing, intelligent, dynamic woman. And you have value to add.
1: Wow. Wow. Can I just say yes? And I feel like I should be passing you a serving plate or something to give you an offering. <laughs> I mean, that is a great offering. I mean, honestly, for us to look at because it's so true. And do you don't you think as women we sometimes harder on ourselves? yeah. Um, doubt. yeah so, and that's the they call it, for me at least, they call it automatic negative thoughts,
0: mm-hmm. call it
1: ants. Yeah. So um, when I look at that, if I don't give myself something to think about, mm-hmm. the, my brain will automatically go toward a negative thought. Yeah. So I have to, as habit, give myself something to think about. Because our brain is forever functioning mm-hmm. our subconscious mind and you know this because you're doing brain health and all this stuff so yep. <laughs> you know you know the deal so sometimes um it's about saying an affirmation to affirm what we are yes. what's what's our truth right right so I have to do affirmations even to this day because for me just as a is as, as a uh I'm gonna call it a a trick or a tip or a secret or whatever you want to call it. Um I don't arrive. Mm. This is all a journey. Mm-hmm. I have not arrived. Yeah. Yes I have, I mean, I, you know, best selling author, all that wonderfulness. Uh teacher said I could never write and I'm a best selling author now. But mm. uh, uh so what lie has been told to you? Women, yes, Yes. have been told to you that is not your truth. Right? What lie? And then take that lie and either and throw it away, toss it, and and so I love what you have said about the fact that we should value ourselves Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. when we value ourselves, I think our relationships change. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. Uh,
1: Our perception of ourselves change. Yes. And our power, that's the other word to use empower yourself. So, yeah, I I think that's amazing. Yeah, I think it's amazing.
0: And you know, so much research has been done about your mental space and what it does for you from a physiological perspective, from an emotional perspective, from a mental perspective, from a success perspective. And the reality is, when you put the energy out there, to be positive and thinking about what it is that you want in life and and stop rewriting, you know, re-reviewing the past. Like, okay, you know what, it's done, it's gone move forward and worrying about the future is, is robbing you of happiness today. And it also, I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to like, think about all the possible negative things that can happen. And I spend, so I used to, I'm I'm getting much better, right. so much time thinking about what could possibly happen that never comes to fruition. But I have spent so much energy and so much time and lost sleep and been so stressed. And I missed a beautiful moment with my children or a beautiful sunset or a chance to go out and enjoy nature or whatever it is that brings you joy whatever it is in the moment that is powerful and valuable and enjoyable you have robbed yourself of that because yeah. you're worried about what you've done before or you and you're ruminating on it or you're ruminating on what could happen And you're not staying present. And it's huge. You got to stay in the moment because my gosh, you know, a man pulled in front of me, was going 60 miles an hour, hit him. And I could have died quite literally. I could have died. And if I had, would I have been able to look at my life and go, that was exactly what I wanted? No, I wouldn't have. And I wasn't even doing what I wanted to do. We weren't living where we wanted to live. And, and, you know, my my goal with Queens of Moxie is to help women to make the changes they need to make to live their authentic lives and to reclaim their power without having that traumatic accident, diagnosis, divorce, whatever it might be, find your why now mm. and live it. Wow. Live the why.
1: Wow. Wow. What do you say after that? <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to that? live your why? Live your why. Wow, mm-hmm. wow, yeah. that is so powerful and so encouraging because so many people are looking for a why, but they're looking outside of themselves. Absolutely. They're looking for uh, advertising or a purse or a name brand yeah. to be to late to identify who they are, mm-hmm. but. That's not who you are. That's what you carry. That's what you purchase. Right. Your why. Oh wow. Why am I here? Mm-hmm. What is my purpose? Yeah. And how can I impact others? Is so. Is so critical, uh, as we all move forward, mm-hmm. um, in the moment. But the first person, based on what you said, and and I, and I totally agree, is about us. Mm-hmm empowering mm-hmm. re-empowering ourselves yeah. realizing that we can reclaim mm-hmm. our lives and our power right. and then once we reclaim it what what now
0: right well and you know at this point in our lives we have m- most women who are in midlife have poured themselves into others children their spouses or partners now we have you know we either have an empty nest or we have aging parents we have a lot of responsibilities at work we're trying to figure out is this even what i want to do and so it's this moment in your life where you're you're sitting there thinking is this all there is to it and if you are not living your why your answer is no (laughs) i mean it is it's not all there is to it And, and so you know, it is, it is a process of figuring that out. Now I will say it may not be what you thought. So I was at a women's retreat probably 10, 12 years ago. And the keynote speaker was talking about what is it that you do that lights you on fire? That when you're doing it, you're hitting it on all cylinders. What is it? And don't discount it because You're going to sit there and you're going to say, I can't say that to the person sitting next to me. And there was a woman who had spoken earlier about how she loved to throw pottery. And she said, that's her power. She loves to throw pottery. And that's what she's here to do. It doesn't have to be an inspirational speaker. It doesn't have to be a best-selling author. It doesn't have to be a CEO. Your why, your power is unique to you. And, and the second part of that story is I was sitting there next to a woman in her mid-60s and, and I was, you know, like late 30s, early 40s. And I had led vacation Bible school for three years. And, um, you know, when you do that, you get up in front of the church and you kind of like do all this stuff and, you know, everything. And, and, um, and that's important because I thought of three things and I was like, well, I could say two of them, but the third one there, uh-uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying it. And uh, the the lady sitting next to me tapped my knee and said, okay, Miss Cheerleader, what's your thing? Well, Johnny, you know the thing that I wasn't going to say? Cheerleading. I kid you not. I kid you not. So I had cheered in high school and college. And the three things that I thought of were inspirational speaking, writing, and cheerleading. And I thought, I am you know, in my forties or whatever, I have two kids, I'm a single mom. What in the world? But what I've come to realize is that it is not the sport. It is motivating people, getting people excited, that enthusiasm, you know, and, and I've come to embrace, this is one of my superpowers is that I can get people excited and get them motivated. And so you can call it cheerleading, you can call it inspirational speaking, whatever you want to call it. The reality is someone said it and I was literally not going to say it myself. And when you have a superpower, what, what ends up happening is it's something that you take for granted. It's something that you think, ah, that's no big deal. Like everybody can do that. Well, you know what? Not everybody can. And so my two points with this would be Don't discount something because you think it sounds like it shouldn't be and embrace those things that you're really good in and Mm -hmm. spend time focusing on what you're good at, not trying to fix the things that you're not so good at because you were put on this earth to do those things that come naturally to you.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. And what great tips for people to look at. Um, because I think sometimes people look at their lives from a perspective of black instead of abundance. Yes. So to add to your tips that you gave, if I may, yeah, please. is I would add on look at life mindset, transform your mindset yes. to look at life from a place of abundance. Yes. To look at instead of I can't, to take the word I can't out of your vocabulary yes. and ask your brain, how can I? Yes, because that will empower you to take what you have in your hand to move forward and try to and figure out how can you do what you need to do? Absolutely. And then the last tip is one that we talked about earlier is just be authentic.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Be the queen. Yes, you already are right. Not based on what other people said. Because remember, a queen is not given authority from the external. She's given the authority from the internal. Yes. So she's queen because she was born a queen. Yes. She was born into royalty. So remember that and empower yourself, empower, self-empower so that others uh, can, can grow, can thrive, from your, I'm gonna call it from your excess, because that's what most women do, I think. We have all this stuff that we give to others, but we don't necessarily take the time to be authentic to ourselves. Yes. So that's what I would encourage us all to do. I agree.
0: Um, yeah. Great. We, we are about out of time, um, but before we go, two things. One, can you tell us the names of your books? Because I believe there's more than one.
1: There are. <laughs> there's, mm-hmm. there, but go out to my website uh, wwwjonnyloyd.com and you'll see all of them but I have voices of the 21st century bold brilliant and brave women i there's two books out there for that they are international best-selling uh, bestsellers and then I have the one that is um, it's t- it's from Napoleon Hill, it's uh, success stories uh, regarding uh, Think and Grow Rich, and that one's out there as well, uh, that one is Pathway, I have to look at the board, what is it? Pathway to Positive Mental Attitude. Then the ones I self-published, I have a workbook and a book, and it's transformation uh, that goes, be- legacy moments, transformation that goes beyond change. There's a workbook and a book. And, um, and those are the ones I think that impact my life the most. Mm-hmm. Um, because after I retired, uh, which I thought I was going to go and just do full guns on my business. And instead, I spent 18 months uh, taking care of my grandson. Mm-hmm. Because I said I would in a moment of excitement, delivery. Mm -hmm. And I had to back up what I said. So, but it was the best time. And it caused me to be an author. And I don't know that I would have ever done it, Mary Kay, without that. Mm -hmm. So uh, those are the five.
0: Super, super. Okay. And my last question for you is, we've we've actually given lots of tidbits and tips, but is there anything that you would want to leave people with, the, the, the women who are listening today who are either at that pivotal moment or trying to figure out how do they move from the life that they're in into this place of reclaiming their moxie, reclaiming their power?
1: Wow, I would say, that's a great question. So anytime we're reclaiming something, there's something. So I would say, <clears throat> no blame.. Hmm. And I love Brene Brown. Yes, <laughs> I love Brene. So it's just no blame, no shame. Just reclaim nice. the thing that you desire. Reclaim it.
0: Nice.
1: It's still out there and available to you. It's not about age. It's not about, it's not about anything. It's about you taking making the decision to reclaim the thing that you want during this season in your life. During this right now season, it may look different than where you started off. Like you said, the cheerleading, the cheering <laughs> now is from a different perspective, but you're still cheering people on. So reclaim your authentic self. That's what I would say.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, everybody, it's it's Johnny Lloyd here with us. And what an absolute delight it has been. I always enjoy speaking with you and, and I always, always get lots of information that I can apply to my life. So I'm hoping that everybody listening here today feels the same way. And, and Johnny, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute delight. Thank you. Every week we come to you with a new story from someone that's truly remarkable and amazing. And the hope is that you will walk away inspired, filled with purpose, peace, and joy. I'm Mary Kay Campbell, and this has been Queens of Moxie.